Hey everyone, how you doing? It's time for the PDG Advertising Podcast, episode 32. It is 9 o'clock p.m. on the 5th of June, 2019. How you doing? So, would you believe it, would you Adam and Eve it, that we screwed up again? PDG Advertising screwed up. We messed up. And our mistake this time, you know what, this is turning into the PDG Advertising Disaster Show. <laughs> How badly can we mess up client accounts? Not really. Um, we, uh, so look, I mean, we come clean. We messed up on an email that was sent out on behalf of a customer. Um, what? Whenever you're managing email campaigns for customers, what can happen is in between regular emails. So if you do a monthly email in between that, there might be something that comes up that you want to get out there to your audience. And why shouldn't you? You know, ad hoc emails are, are fine and they're something that uh, we would encourage at PDG Advertising. What can happen though is these can come without relatively without warning and they can increase the pressure. Now think about how pressurized email marketing is anyway. Um, whether you have 10 contacts or 100 contacts or like some of our customers 200,000 contacts plus, um, there's a level of pressure there. And I've talked about it before in the PDG Advertising Podcast, but it really does exist. And I was talking to a, a prospective customer today about this, and I said, look, you don't know the fear until you've pressed that send button to over um, 200,000 people. You don't know that sick feeling that you get if you've done anything wrong. And we definitely, um, I have definitely felt that feeling before, but... Getting back to what happened yesterday, we got a ad, got an ad hoc request from a customer. And look, in email marketing, at times there can be multiple um, approval points. And this is a relatively new process for this customer. So we work on behalf of another client. So we have a customer and they have customers who then have customers. <laughs> so let me break this down. There's us that does the email. There is the our customer who runs a program um, that requires emails to be sent out to from businesses. So the businesses then is another customer. So level one is us where we do the email. Level two is our customer. Level three is their customer. And level four is that customer's customer. So there are so many different levels that we're working at here that what you could have is, you know, two different levels of approval. But in this instance, there are a couple of different levels of approval at our customer's customer stage. So cut a long story short, there's a lot of people that have a lot of say in what goes into the emails and what goes out. So... We work to make that process as swift and as, as easy as possible. So there's two factors already that I've mentioned. One, you're sending out an email to a lot of people. Pressure. Two, 
you've got many people to please with this email, the people that own the lists, the people that run the businesses, and ultimately the people that want results uh, from it. And that's actually all very well for me, but if you look at, you know, Anthony, when Anthony's Anthony from PDG Advertising, whenever he's creating them, he has myself as well as a kind of another customer to go over and the email. So there's so many different interaction points. So what we did was we got approval from the wrong person. So we got approval from the our customer's customer and our customer would have liked to see the email before it went out. And I think that that is totally right. Um, we messed up with that. Now, the end result was that the customers, customers, customers didn't see anything different or didn't have a problem or there was no problem with the emails that got sent out. But it looks like we missed the part of the chain of command and that's not good as a provider. So I had to put our hands up and say, look, we messed up there. We are going to change that process for the future and that is what we are going to to do so what are our key takeaways from that it's understand the chain of command in email marketing and make sure that you follow it and if you do mess up something admit it and move on um in a better way in the future and, and i think that's the only way that you progress and i think that's the only way that anybody progresses so no real harm done and we learn some lessons for the future Something that happened today, oh, it happens to me every single day of the week. Working with Facebook advertising is a mighty pain in the neck. It is a nightmare whenever you're logging on to Facebook with the intention of going into Ads Manager so that you can understand how the ads are going for any of our customers. And we do that every single day. So we're at nine core customers at the moment. Um, so it's nine accounts that we likely need to check in on every day. And when I do that, the problem that I have is that we have to go through facebook.com, which is my newsfeed. And guess what? My newsfeed is created with the sole purpose of enticing me in further, just like what we do with adverts. And I always get caught. And even though I thought I'm immune to adverts and I thought I didn't need to consider that I end up um, going down a rabbit hole. What was today's um, videos? So there's these guys called the Bald Builders. If you've ever heard of them, ah, oh, they're really funny, but they're not productive. Like they're not, it's not, it's certainly not um, adding any value <laughs> into my life. And it's certainly not adding any value nine times a day into my life going down that rabbit hole. And it's just interesting. If you think that you can get easily distracted by Facebook, try having it as part of your job. And for any digital marketers out there, if you have an idea of how to not get distracted by that, you tell me. You make a comment under this right now and you say, listen, this is how you don't get distracted. This is how you turn off that feed. And this is how you don't get those adverts or great bits of content or videos about bald builders being away in Bagaluf or Mallorca or wherever it is. And some lad drinking like four beers in a row because he lost a bet. Um, I, I don't need to be looking at that whenever I'm trying to work and trying to be productive. So any any help, send help, send more help and, and, and send more money. <laughs> so if you've been following, we've been doing some last website changes for a website that's up and coming. And today was like the final, kind of the final stages of that. And when it gets down to that level, um, some very intricate changes need to be made. So some very subtle little moves, some very 
subtle alignment. And whenever we're down to that level, I don't like to send over a list of changes. I like to go real time and talk to people on chat or messenger or on a call and work out the, the problems there and then one by one so that there's no confusion. Fusion. I think some big things like, oh, this is wrong or this is wrong or this is wrong. Um, that can be done like back and forward over a matter of days. But whenever it comes to moving something one pixel up or down or moving to the left or right, then it needs, I think, a real time, um, a real time interaction. And that's what we're what we're doing. I hope I can share this with you soon, what the website looks like. And if I can, I will. Um, but in the future, there'll be more that I can share with you. But yeah, that's coming to the um, near end of that process. You know, a while ago, we talked about ROI and ROAS for our customers and one customer in particular, which rocketed up to 333 times ROAS on, on one given day. Um, it had died down a little bit from that, but still to astronomical numbers, like 54 ROAS and, and uh, 100 ROAS. Yesterday, on one day, it was 170 ROAS. And if you don't know what ROAS means, first of all, you Google that. And if you're a digital advertiser, you talk to me quickly because I want to tell you about that because you shouldn't be a digital advertiser unless you understand what ROAS is and, and ROI. ROAS is return on ad spend. It's when you spend £100 on advertising, how much money you make back in sales, in hard cash. And that's a very important part of everything that we do. I guess, you know, in our reporting and our dashboard, it's at the heart of our processes to make sure that we're making that. Because what's the point? What is the point of any of what we do in terms of online advertising if we're not making money back for the people that trust us and that um, and that pay us to, to do that? That, that's why we're different from other agencies and it's why we're successful and it's why we can grow our business and I'll uh, I'll tell you a little bit more about growing the business in a little while but um, I suppose one of the things that was very important today with that customer that's doing really really well was we knew that they were doing well like directly but I'm now seeing that they're doing really well outside of that too Um, we're we're dominating uh, the shopping feed for uh, mirrors for this cu customer. They sell mirrors or mars if you're from where I'm from. Um, they're also now dominating tables because we've moved on to tables. So whenever you search on Google for one of their tables, um, this company comes up. We are beating off other providers, John Lewis, Argos, so many other providers that were beaten to the punch and we're starting to see uh, transactions being made based on that I can't imagine where we can bring this and I, I can't imagine where we can um, where we will end up with this customer but I'm really looking forward to seeing how it goes and how do you know if your campaigns are doing well it's definitely up to you to track that as an advertiser or it's, it's up to you as a business to understand that or have someone track it um, I think there's an amount of common sense that needs to happen as well. So there's so much tracking tools out there and I've never seen one that works 100%, but you've got to be looking at what sales you're making and you've got to be looking at nearly every sale to see, you know, how much you're making and where you're making the money from 
And like if you haven't sold a table in six months and then you suddenly change your strategy and you start selling tables because you've been changing your strategy to sell tables, it's likely something's working there. So a little bit of deeper investigation um, should should happen. You should always be striving for like the best tracking that you can have, but that really doesn't, it's not perfect. So you've got to employ a little bit of common sense and say, we changed this, it had this effect here, or at least there was this effect here, um, and we need to replicate that. Technology isn't sophisticated enough yet. And if you think I'm wrong, and you can prove me wrong, and you have some form of tracking technology that works 100%, I want to talk to you. I have customers that will pay for that. I will pay for it um, because it's useful. I knew a guy once, and that makes it sound like he's dead. He's certainly not dead. He's alive and kicking. I've seen him on LinkedIn recently. He's doing really fantastically well. But he told me once that data is the new oil. And I certainly believe that. So um, that's uh, something that's very important and something to take with you in your online advertising campaigns. You know, we had a very interesting conversation today and we've had customers before um, whenever we were a little bit of a younger agency and the real problem that happened with them whenever we weren't able to help them as well as we would have liked to was because their profit margin wasn't high enough. Let's say you sell, um, what's a good example? Shoes. So let's say you sell shoes and these pair of, this pair of shoes costs hundred pounds just a nice round number to work with if it costs 20 pounds for me to get one sale of your shoes then you have um, what I would call an ROAS of um, four times is it four times am I being really stupid here is it five? Yeah, five times. Sorry, you have five times ROAS. So you've spent twenty pounds, and you've made a hundred pounds back because it cost twenty pounds for me to get someone to purchase your shoes. But if your profit margin is five pounds on every pair of shoes, and it costs twenty pounds to sell a pair of sh shoes, then it doesn't work. It really doesn't work because it's actually costing you £15 every pair of shoes. So instead of making any money, you're losing £15 every time. And then think about my fee whenever, whenever you have to pay me to do the work. And think of all the other stuff around it. So let's flip that around a little bit. If it cost you £10 to make the shoes, um, and if your profit margin was then £90, then it costing me £20 to sell the shoe is not bad at all so what i'm trying to say is a profit margin can make or break an ad campaign it's connected if you have a high profit margin you're freer and more able to um test and if you've really low profit margin you don't so one probably like i don't want to give business advice because i'm far from cracking my own business but I see these things across time and across our customer base. And I can see that those with high profit margins, they just work and they do really well. 
um, those with low ones, everything is stressed out. Everything is, you know, on the edge and, and there's no time and it's just difficult. So higher profit margins are better. So if you're thinking of building a business or if you're in a business right now, then working on increasing your profit margin is a, is a good thing. And not just for me as an advertiser, but I think one, you know, bad advertising or, or stressed advertising is an overall is a symptom of a core problem within the business. So I'll bet that there are other uh, operational areas of the business that would be stressing if you have low profit margins as well. And I don't think that's healthy and I don't think it's good. And it's something that I'll be definitely considering for my business. And, and I suggest you do too. <laughs> it's really arrogant. I'm not interested in telling you what to do. All I want to do is share the journey and share where we are right now. So I um I would leave you with with that point that high profit margins are better than low profit margins. <laughs> not exactly the um bible of of business, but um something that I've observed observed over the last um 4 years. So everyone, thank you very much for listening. That was the PDG Advertising Podcast episode 32. If you notice on YouTube, um, our amazing podcast manager and editor has um, updated our image. Every 10 episodes, we update an image and she's picked a really uh, beautiful one. So thank you. You can get the podcast on um, any of these uh, mediums like Spotify, or SoundCloud, or Overcast, or Pocket, or YouTube, or Anchor FM, um, iTunes as well, I think. Um, but even wherever you're listening to it, I'm really grateful. And I'll be back tomorrow with episode 33.